0: Welcome to Black Ant, a candid conversation about racism, white people, and ways to move forward. I'm April. And I'm Jonathan. And we're brother and sister, looking to discuss how race informs social issues, current events, and what white people looking to make a difference can do.
1: On this episode, we're happy to have Amber Burns, a fellow Philadelphian who's a lifestyle blogger, vlogger, and content creator. Uh, But before that, April, what's on your mind?
0: So on my mind today, um, I'll admit I'm a little annoyed because this happens so often to me. I want to talk about people touching my hair Um, and even talking about like maybe explaining why people think they can do it and why they think it's appropriate. But yeah, I kind of want to vent a little bit about why that happens and how annoying it is. Let's do it.
1: And, uh, and to describe April's face right now we're sitting here <laughs> recording she's she has a I'm gonna call it a scowl <laughs> it's laughing now but like she definitely uh, like is
0: I'm stressed not uh, happy about this. I'm annoyed so. thinking about it because it's frustrating and it's hard to get that across without sounding mean and sounding sounding like you don't like people right love people i know i love engaging you with
1: like really really so really
0: like love. okay
1: <laughs> no 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 I'm just i just i do like five. yeah and so
0: i am that. a full-on if introvert Can believe it like yes we're outgoing introverts. but i gen- genuinely love people and engaging with people and having conversations i also genuinely know and need other people to know that my body is a hundred percent mine and you don't have access to it without my permission and that includes touching my hair but I think also, like, I don't want you to touch my hair because I don't want you to invade my space. I also don't want you to touch my hair because the style took a long time. Right. I also don't want you to touch my hair because I don't know where your hands have been. Right. Like, I just want to make it clear that, like, you feel that you can touch me in any way because we're not equal. You don't see me as mm-hmm. you see yourself. And that's how people view black women, particularly in society. You feel like you have the right to touch me because my body isn't 100% my own. It's a thing you partly
1: own it, too. Right. It's a thing you have access to. Right. In the world.
0: And it's always been that way. And hair is something we talk about now because, you know, groping other body parts in general is a rule that we all try to abide by. We don't touch each other's boobs or butts unless you want to go to jail. Hair hasn't been sexualized like that. So you still, you still feel like you have access to it, even though it's 100% mine and has nothing to do with you.
1: And I also think that there's just such a big um, entitlement to hair. Like yeah. it'll, it's something that looks different. To, so black women's hair looks, quote, different than what white people are used to seeing. And so when they see things that are different in their lives, they read about them they touch them they explore them they go to stores and buy them they Mm -hmm. go to like and so this is why would this be any different they Mm -hmm. should just be able to feel oh this looks like that would feel really cool Mm -hmm. I want to feel that Mm -hmm. and it's like
0: and it's different because I'm a human person right
1: this isn't the please touch museum right
0: and I'm not your dog or I'm not a piece of art I am but like I'm not in that way I just feel like people really forget that that Black people and black women and black hair is not a thing. It's not a trend. It's not. Yeah. Like, how, I don't know how to say that. It's not something. It's me. Right. It's not, you a, know, it's
1: not a sub. It's not
0: separate. Trendy, you like... can't separate it from me. It's your body. It's yeah. So like, why are you touching me? Go why do you think they like, you we're know,
1: so fascinated with black women's hair.
0: Because we're seen as other. It's but not like,
1: but but it's a it's often seen as like either curiosity or or fascination, but not negative the way that otherism usually is. Like it is
0: negative, negative a lot of the time. Yeah. It's you can't wear that at school. You were cutting your dreads during your wrestling practice. Right, right, right. No,
1: I just mean the people. I'm it's imagining, not quote professional. Right. I just I'm imagining the person who walks up to you on the street. Yeah. A oh, that's so that
0: cool. Like, how did, how did you yeah. do that? Yeah. Like like, yeah.
1: And it's just like, uh,
0: but I think, but I think while they're trying to compliment, there is that level and an understanding on their end that like that's so cool it's not anything i would want it's not as good as mine it's so unique it's a place i want to visit and touch and see For a second. Yeah. but it's not it's not right it's not normal
1: it's like exotic it's still like exactly
0: yeah. it's it's a thing something yeah but it's not yeah, it's not the normal thing. It's something different, and like, ooh, that's cool.
1: You can't just run your fingers. But let me go home. With a white person, right? Right. Exactly. right. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I, it, it's so weird. Like, it just blows my mind. I see people reaching up to touch me, and it's like, what? Yeah. Go? <laughs> what? Are what? what are you doing? <laughs> Stop! Well, I just don't even. I sometimes don't even know how to respond. It's not like, a thing. what? You I should f- have to be on, e- on yeah. your edge about. Don't people. grab me because. I'm me I'm a person. and I am mine Right, and in no way belong to you. Or do you have a right to access me right. in any way? Go away.
1: It's just so crazy that from a, and I just want to try to figure it out. I, I think I know it, but I want to know what, if my sort of guesses are right. Like it seems like hair is so different. It's so specific and it's a thing that, like, just about every black, especially every black woman, just about every black woman complains about is their hair being touched. And there are other things about people, about black people and about black women that are different from white women or, or white people generally, that are not touched like hair is all the time. Is it because you think it's probably viewed as, like, less taboo and less, like, you know, it's not a bad Part of the body, or 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 a a a special part of the body, like private area, or butt, or Mm -hmm. like anything that's sort of sexualized, and so it's like, oh, but like it's cool, and I'm interested in it, and I don't have those alarm bells going off that I shouldn't touch this this part of this person. Mm -hmm. Um, I just wonder what, like, yeah,
0: I I wonder if it's also like,
1: why is it such an acceptable thing for white people to do? Is like, yeah, I
0: wonder because when you mentioned things that are different for black, like features that make black women different from white women, all of those features are things that white women have now appropriated and changed about their bodies to mimic black women. Getting your lip injected, Mm. getting your butt injected, getting your boobs injected. But hair usually Still, hairstyles are things that white people mimic, but it's usually in like a in a play way. Costume yeah, hair. it's for Halloween. It's like a ooh little like Derek Bo Derek braids for the beach trip. Oh my God. Like that's but that's not. It's almost like it's cartoony when white people. Imitate black hair. So I still think hair is mm. something that is not really valued by white people, black hair.
1: Right.
0: So it's it's not something they want to engage with and have themselves like bigger lips or a bigger butt. Mm. It's still something that is, you know, B level, where like, ooh, let me touch it, but mm. like, ooh, don't let it touch my hair, or don't mm. let my hair look that, right. look like that, right. unless right. I'm being a, unless be I'm that. dressing up for Halloween. Right, right,
1: right, right, right. right. Unless I'm being Beyonce,
0: right? Oh my god. <laughs> so I think the I think it's the I think it's where people, how people view it as, and I think this is all subconscious, but as unequal. I have my nice blonde straight hair. Look at yours; that's so cool. I don't want it, but let me like touch it and like see what it's like because right, like that's so right, cool, right, right, right. or that's so like exotic. How long do those braids take you? Do you actually wash your hair? That's so interesting. But it's still not...
1: Right. It's not good. Right.
0: Because I don't want it. Right. But I want to touch it.
1: Right. And it's wild because it's like, in a twisted way, I feel like even the most, like, woke white people do this still because... Mm -hmm. Not the most woke, because it's like, you should know this. this Yeah. subject matter. Like, this is an area people have talked about before. Um, But even the most, like, well-meaning... You know, some of the well-meaning white people still do this, still touch... Especially... uh, black women's hair and it's almost like it's educational for them Mm -hmm. so it's and I think of it that brings up images to me of like a zoo or a museum Mm -hmm. and it's like I want to be able to know more about this because it Mm -hmm. often comes with like asking these questions and it's like why do you ask other people what their like specific like beauty regimen is Yeah.
0: No. While yeah, touching yeah. them? While touching Oh, your them. skin is so soft. Rubbing your arms up against their skin, looking at it. What do you do in the morning? What do you put on your... What kind of lotion do you use in the morning? Let me rub down your legs to see how soft... Like, right. What? Right, what are you doing? Yeah. No, but I'm saying yeah, you right, don't okay. do that right, with right. strangers because it's fucking weird. But yeah, yeah, I mean, but I, I but could. Yes, right, that, but that's like, so like you don't if someone's stroke doing... someone's face and say, oh, your makeup looks so good today. Let right. me touch it. Right. Go, your eye, what? Your lashes look so good. Yeah, let me let me touch them and feel them. Yeah, that doesn't even make sense. You do that with like a coat. A fur coat. That fabric is really cool. You do that with a dog. Yeah, exactly. I want to feel that. That dog has such beautiful hair. Let me pet it because it's a dog. Right. And I am better than a dog, so I can touch a dog. You know, like I don't have to ask a dog's permission to to touch it because I'm a human. Right. So, like, reminder: Black women are human. Don't touch me.
1: Right. Like that's such a crazy thing to remind. Like it's such a wild. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Please don't touch me. I don't. Like I'm not trying to be mean. But like it's a don't weird, touch me. It's a
1: weird announcement to have to make. Yeah.
0: Right. Like. I want to get a t shirt. Like, go, go stop. On. Back up. Don't reach up. You I see your hand. It right. wants to come keep up. No, nope, just pocket, keep it down. Sis, keep like, it down. Yeah. Don't touch it. Compliment me if you want. Or don't. I'm cool with that. Right. Or just keep walking. Right, right. Blows my mind.
1: Would you prefer, and this is probably just this is more due to your personality than to your race, probably. <laughs> do, would you prefer just completely, wholly being left alone, right? Yes. Like, right, like yeah. moving
0: about the world. And that's like, only, that is partly my personality, but it is partly because of the world world we live in. You're tired. There is, I'm tired, <laughs> yeah. and there is no way for someone to separate. When someone's complimenting my hair, there's no way for them to do it without the... In a way that others you? Or there's no way to do it where I'm not thinking about the differences Mm. in our Mm -hmm. hair because Mm -hmm. that's has been my whole life. That's society. So when a white person says, oh, I love your hair. If that was the end of the conversation, that's I love it. Totally fine. That was a great interaction. But like almost any other comment made after that that usually follows is racialized in that you're asking a stupid question. You're touching me. You're invading my privacy in public.
1: and so Or you're like looking at your, they're looking at your hair. I've seen people do this to you. Look at your hair like it's, their mind is blown as to how it could be real right? exist on right. its own in the world.
0: And even asking, is that your hair? Is that your hair? Is right? it on my head? You would never
1: ask someone if they're, the, if you they're get at someone gets out of a, a car. Wig, yeah. Like,
0: you ask someone who gets out of a car. Is that your car? Right. Did I just fucking get out of it? Right. Then yes, it's mine. Right. I don't know if I bought it, if I rented it, if I'm borrowing it from a friend. It's mine net right now. Right. It's more mine so, than it
1: is yours and that's all that you need to be right Like, you know, be concerned about. I yeah. And, and it's so funny because I've seen black people often your hair often when you wear it as like a full fro. The way that it is on our, our uh, album art for this yeah. podcast. Um, black people often come up to you on the street or just in passing. And, and I'm noting now, they never stop you.
0: Oh. And, like... Never am stopped like and, compliment like... compliment
1: you in passing. Like, oh, I love your hair, sis. Or I love your, yeah, like, you know, like...
0: And it's like, thanks, oh, great. Bye. That's how you do love that. Love yours, too. That's how you compliment yeah, someone's keep moving.
1: hair without making them feel like you're examining them or judging judging them or right. othering them. I, right. I hate using that term, but... Because it can mean so many things. But, yes, othering. It's, it, yeah. it, it does mean so many things in this context. Yeah. It's like... Um, but yeah, God. When I I don't know that I've ever been with you when a white person asked you about your hair. Mm-hmm. Um, but it yeah, the stopping you and making you have to like almost like justify how
0: your hair is like that. Justify like, my humanity. The way you exist. That's right? what it is. On yeah. Planet Earth. Yeah, the same way you would stop a person with their dog and say, "What breed is that? Where did you get them? Is it yours? Yeah, you know, Are I you can a can dog walker? All, all yeah. the time? <laughs> yeah." <laughs> That's actually one of
1: my biggest. So this is a small tangent, but that's one of my biggest uh, rants about owning a pet is that I get stopped. It's always by white people to and I'm not making the comparison of of black women's hair to pets. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that. But in the eyes of white people, so it seems Mm -hmm. the entitlement that I've experienced from white people. Talking about my pet, you should consider doing this for your dog. You should oh my god! This, you should give them a shorter leash or a longer leash. You should give them this. You should get while you, while I'm just walking around one of the largest cities in the country with my headphones in, trying to give my dog exercise. Right. The notion that like unsolicited advice can that, that someone will stop you, have you take your headphones out to mm-hmm. so talk, start talking, mm-hmm. and no mm-hmm. you can't let can't. Can't hear that. Right. I don't know why that bugs me so much because I know. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, right?
0: It's or I'm on the song. phone. Like, like Right.
1: Like I'm like, I'm doing anything other than talking to people. Right. Exactly the point of this work, right? <laughs> like, um and the notion that like I would want your unsolicited advice on how to do my life and how to have my pet that you see in front of me, who also
0: doesn't like you. Right. Um because she makes that clear. Right, yeah. exactly.
1: And she like that's why I got this kind of dog. Right. It's like keeps it herself and Yeah, that's me and we just walk around but that's beside the point um, But but the notion that like yeah you can come up to someone and say you know what you there is a deficit in what you're doing right now mm-hmm. you could be doing it better I know a better way to tell you mm-hmm. and I'm gonna tell it to you and insist that you do it mm-hmm. this way and be like a little bit offended if you don't come off as like if we don't come off as accepting and like grateful. And grateful, grateful
0: for their unsolicited quote I advice, crack an
1: egg in my dog's dog food so that her coat is shiny. Yeah.
0: Like, I what? Like, you know, like, and there's no, like and it makes me sound so mean because my first reaction is like, fuck the whole way off. Right. Sorry. Like, who even are you go away? Way? And I'm not. I, I like people. Right, right, right. I like interacting with people, right. but I can't stand it when someone insists that I need their right. advice right. and even questions. Right. Insisting well, that I need to be available for your questions whenever you have them to ask. Right. Right. When we're in a conversation, love it. Ask away. Also about anything, but like, (laughs) but but like if we're engaging in a conversation, sure. If it's about race, sure. It's about hair. Okay. If I've chosen to engage with you in a conversation, then okay. That's me personally. I don't mind. But walking down the street with my headphones on, you stopping me and then asking me a question and being mad if I'm like, I don't have the time. Bye. Um, like, for, I'm, I'm on, a, I'm on the on phone. Bye-bye. I don't feel like talking to you. Right, right, bye. Right, Like, and, this is right. Like, and now this you're is mad, bro? This
1: us sounding, like, really, like, rude, but also I think I just yeah. want our, and it's like, again, this is me trying to probably subconsciously protect, like, the white feelings of people listening to the, to this
2: sort
1: mm-hmm. of uh, explanation right now, but I just to remind people, we live in Philadelphia. Philadelphia is, like, I think the fifth or sixth largest city in the country. It's a metropolis, right? Like it Mm -hmm. is a, it's a, we live in the, and pretty near to the downtown. So these walks you and I are talking about, April, are often in the area of of Philadelphia called Center City, Philadelphia, which is, it's huge. They're tall, you know, 50, 60, 70 story buildings, business people coming in and out. We're on a busy street and people think they can stop you on a busy street and have tap you, take your, take out your headphones, take off your headphone, your, you know, your, your earbuds or whatever. And, have a comfort and it's hot. My and you. it's
0: hot. That's not like nothing, too. sorry, like, it's, it's like, I'm look, hot.
1: I'm sweating, and I'm not trying to stop at a stoplight in the middle of like swampy Philadelphia and right. have a conversation with you about anything, right. stranger. And
0: especially if your comment is right, is that your hair? On to- right,
1: on the ice is that your real hair? Is right, is and that then
0: you reach up to t- you. You. you reach up to touch me, stranger. What?
1: Who just like was smoking a cigarette walking right. down the with their hands? Right.
0: And I'm like, supposed to be yeah. okay with that. Ugh. I wouldn't, I hardly would let you touch my dog because, like, who are you? What?
1: Right. And again, I can't, I'm not making that explicit comparison to try to say that those two things are the same. But, but I'm saying only,
0: that's how I that's feel that's the like, the only, like I'm treated sometimes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The only interaction I have with strangers that where they're trying to give me advice or try to like, people, my head is sort of shaved so people can yeah. touch it. But like,
0: but um, that's how I feel like and I've been on those walks with you and your dog and right. people stop people have stopped us and it's it's the same kind of feeling insisting that they have a right to you. And
1: I think it's there's something to be said about this also and it's just sort of coming to mind here I just said like my head is shaved and no one would so no one would touch it but that's not why no one touches it no one touches it cuz I'm a man right your head has been shaved before too
0: sure people touched that too and people touched
1: it yeah I saw them touch it and yeah so like your you had had you I cut your hair and it was as short as mine was and yeah was the same setting
0: <laughs> yeah
1: um and damn it was, good
0: times though that? right that like, was let's legit bring that back yeah
1: it's 100 degrees so oh my god no cool. um no but but I remember us yeah, we are walking down the street same haircut same everything we like Often on the weekend, especially dress pretty
0: similar, especially mm-hmm. in the
1: fall. We're like in sweats. I'm not trying to Yeah, I'm like my, joggers and a hoodie. I'm like, on my don't like, at me. mob, dad, like, weekend mm-hmm. get up. Like, tracksuit. Like, I'm that
0: person. Yeah, chains, um, right, Jordans. Like, hey, okay, like, done. Right, snap back. Cool. Yeah.
1: Um, call it a day. And people
0: oh my gosh, you have the
1: greatest head shape for this. You have the greatest, you know... So I wonder what you think.
0: Stroking my head. Stroking your scalp. What? About, right. Like I'm a freaking Um, alien.
1: So I think it's important to note that this is, there are, this, so this is intersectionality, people. Okay, Mm
0: -hmm. right? Welcome. this,
1: this, (laughs) This is race and gender colliding because this is definitely, there are definitely dynamics, white to black dynamics here, but there are also white male and woman male and female woman and man dynamics as they relate to black women specifically mm-hmm. women um why do you think that is why do you think people aren't touching my hair? beautiful as it may be
0: it is <laughs> <laughs> because there's a hierarchy in of humanity and i and i i use the term humanity a lot because that's all what it that's what it comes down to every time. People don't touch you because they don't feel that they have access, have access to, to you. Yeah. Yeah. Your body is yours. When the police come, it's no longer yours. And we experience that differently. But mm. when we're talking everyday people to people, your body is your own. Mm. And mine has never been. Mm. Especially from white women touching my hair and from men touching my whole body.
1: It's so interesting because it's like Blackness, so this is oh god, this is like so intersectionality, right? So blackness, our bodies are exploited in different ways, men and women. For black men, like you said, police I don't feel scared in my body at all when I'm around. Yeah, you'll
0: get beat the fuck up. I'm
1: only scared for my physical well-being ever in life when I'm around police. police, I'm never I walk around some of the like some of the, you know, highest crime areas of Philadelphia. I go when these long walks. I'm taking. I go mm-hmm. without regard to where I'm going. I just go based on what a lot. Of, a lot of times, it's literally like based on what's in the shade.
0: I was gonna say like which like, side of the street is in the shade. Right, we're like going that's that way. I, that's how I determine when I'm crossing the street. It's not
1: about where it's actually taking me. Mm-hmm. I don't think about that. I just don't. That's a privilege, quote unquote, that I have. But police make me. I start sweating and get very scared, and mm-hmm. that they will hurt me. Um, I'm expected to. Another way that black men's bodies are used, you know, I'm expected to like play sports. I get asked all the time, I mm-hmm. play sports?" I'm
0: expected. How good are you at basketball? Because you do play, right? right?
1: Expected to entertain football for me cuz I'm 6'3" like, yeah. and like a big dude. You know, expected to be entertaining. Did you go to college for this? Did you, you know, mm-hmm. how did you, you know, mm-hmm. um, oh my god, you don't play football. It's
0: like Right. No. How did you get into college then? Right?
1: Like <laughs> um and so with respect to having control or expectations about your own your own body, black women, it's, of course, much more sexualized as women are generally. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, I've written about this a lot. Like, my experiences with my body on the streets, mm. it's always writing as if it's been taken. And how many times my body was taken that day mm. by someone else. Mm. And that's someone grabbing me on the street. That's a man, you know, grabbing my arm and pulling me toward him like oh my god right. um that's someone trying to like grab my hand thinking it's cute on the sidewalk that's someone catcalling that's usually a white woman touching my hair that's you know having someone sit too close to me on the bus like there are plenty of seats mm-hmm. right. move move down your, like you don't need no now. we don't yeah. need to be this close right that's someone staring that's yeah how many times was my body taken from me today right and it's if I leave my house, it's more than once every day. And so it's a f- constant fight to be in total control of my own body own and life. have other people view it as wholly mine. It's, it's something that they have no access to. Right. And we're not, clearly not there yet, but that's the goal.
1: Wow. So if you, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you've touched a black woman's hair. Don't ever fucking do it again, right? Like, just don't. Like, full stop. Unless, so, right, and the only time you could ever do it is if this is a close relationship with a black friend of yours that you have a, that you have... That intimacy with. ...explicit permission and explicit sort of intimacy that y'all touch each other's hair and y'all touch, you know, like, and... You ask questions about your beauty uh, regimen or your your you know daily routine, and if you
0: engage like, in that in life together, in, right? Yeah, not some
1: random thing when you're at a party with a friend of yours who is black, and you think their hair looks good, and for the first time you ask them about it and touch it, that is not even there. The, that's your friend. If y'all have not crossed that bridge together, I mean, correct me at any point if I'm, mm-hmm, if I'm mm-hmm.
0: you know misstating this. And if they snap at you. Okay, let them snap.
1: Listen to this segment of the podcast and then think about why it's
0: Exactly, yeah. If you're going to do that to someone, if you're going to insert yourself into someone... I can't say that. Insert yourself into someone (laughs) physically. If you're going to... Leave it in. If you're going to choose to access someone without their permission, be prepared for them to snap. And if they don't, you're welcome. Maybe they'll be gracious enough to have a conversation with you later, but they don't owe you that. They can just... Leave and be pissed, and that's their right. Hmm. Or they can be totally fine with it. And that's great, too. But don't assume that. I I hate everyone. (laughs) So that's what was on my mind today and every day. Up next. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Right. I was like, so April is pretty upset, so should I take over introducing our guests? It's fine.
0: Yeah. I got it. So... We're actually really, 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 really excited um, to share our conversation with Amber Burns, who is a lifestyle blogger, vlogger.
1: Video blog, which is what I learned.
0: Video blog. You didn't know that. OK, no. you're old. Um, who's a blogger, a blogger and um, a content creator. So, welcome, uh, Amber, to the pod. How are you doing?
2: Good. Thanks for having me.
0: We want to give our listeners a sense of what you do online, um, what your online presence like. As a black woman, who's your audience? Um, what do you what, what are you trying to tell them?
2: Yeah. So, I think. Well, from let's start, like the bare bones, the facts, I have a blog, I guess, if you had to give it like an online term to define it, it would be a lifestyle blog. So I talk about like a wide variety of things. And I also create content on YouTube. But I would say that my content is just geared towards black girls like me who are young and like trying to get their lives together and trying to make things happen and kind of struggling to do it. But like, you know, we're getting there. So if I had to like sum it up, I guess I would say I just make like regular black girl content for the regular black girl.
1: And how? uh If you don't mind I'm asking, how old are you?
2: I'm 26.
1: Okay, that's that's what I thought. You, April, how old are you? I'm 26. I was gonna say you yeah, guys we, the same we, we, we should were saying we I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you should know that together.
2: Yeah, only you should
0: know that. Right, right, right. So, tell us how you got here. Um, Your sort of journey to influencing and and self
2: care. Yeah. So. I think my whole like online-ness kind of started in college where basically I was like, I'm young and I won an internship and I was majoring in PR and I knew I wanted to do like things more geared towards like the digital space. So I figured you should probably start like putting things on the internet. And so basically my goal was to show people that, you know, this girl at least knows how to write. She knows how to develop content. And then from there, just kind of like, took off. It kind of became like, these are the things that people ask me about all the time that I think are just regular things that I do, but there's no one who looks like me doing these things online. Mm. Yeah.
0: So yeah, that sort of leads to my next question. Do you, you do you not see many people like you also influencing who, who controls that space online?
2: Yeah, it's a really interesting space, especially when you take it outside of like the fashion and beauty industries, because I think that while it's definitely still very skewed, like there are more black and brown fashion and beauty influencers, especially with like the natural hair scene being as big as it is and things like that. But if you look as far as like the kind of content that I do, things around like organization and productivity and just regular day in the life type vlogs, those are very much like white spaces and also very sure. Asian spaces like if mm. you look at who the top people are in that tier even in like the book space i talk a lot about books on my platform and like book youtube is called booktube booktube is like there's a video every week about how white that community is so wow. it's very interesting kind of being a player in that space that is so controlled by white influencers even when you know that black dollars feed into it so much
0: right i was gonna say like especially in the beauty industry i would say black dollars feed into that a a lot right
2: black dollar in the beauty industry it's like black women every year spend like billions of dollars on just hair alone right looking at the way the industry looks you would not think that at all
0: yeah i mean myself i i cry sometimes at the money I spend <laughs> on products for my hair it's, it's, it seems ridiculous but uh, I have noticed over I, at least I think maybe it's in my mind but as far as the beauty industry on the ground as opposed to online it feels like things have changed as far as inclusion um, and including black women in beauty you know the the, the quote black section in the beauty department it, it mm-hmm. seems to have gotten bigger right uh, I don't know if that's just me, but have you noticed that as well? Um, Like a a product variety and...
2: Yeah. Like you can walk into... Like it used to be like that one section of one shelf was like the ethnic section. And now we definitely have more shelf space. But Mm -hmm. if you look at...
1: Ethnic section. Love that.
2: I mean, there's definitely still like somewhere in the suburbs that still calls it the ethnic section. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) But if you look at like the influencer landscape, like this week, it was a big deal Jackie Ina just dropped like this makeup palette with Anastasia Beverly Hills. But like, I'm not a beauty girl at all, but off the top of my head, I could probably name like four or five other white influencers who do that every year Hmm. and maybe name two black ones.
0: Wow. Yeah.
2: So it's like they realize that we'll keep spending money, but they don't want our faces to be necessarily the things that are selling their products.
1: Right. right, and I guess that's probably the way they rationalize that is that it is they want it to be something that uh that they're that the entire mainstream audience all races quote unquote yeah. meaning, meaning white people exactly. um can relate to and can right. you know um and they expect y- you and and black people generally to be able to relate to it when it's a white woman doing, you know, on the cover of whatever. Um, but, but not when it's the other way around. That's interesting. Um, I wonder what, you know, so we hear about cultural and racial appropriation all the time. Um, and I know that that's also a part of sort of what things become fashionable and what things, what trends sort of take. Um, I'm, thinking like very, very squarely about the Kardashians right now, um, <laughs> and their whole existence. Um, and, and so, but I, I wonder if you could just talk about appropriation for a bit and sort of what you see out there. I mean, I know in the beauty industry, it has to be stuff you see all the time. I mean, I'm thinking of, Me? I just saw, I saw an article the other day featuring a white woman, the white woman who allegedly, uh, invented like headscarves basically to oh sleep Oh my in. god,
2: yes, the $99 bonnet. <laughs> right, yeah. bonnets, right, right, right. Invented yeah. this year. Yeah, cool. Oh, what oh, did right. we
1: do
0: without her? So,
1: if for the people the doing? listeners who don't know why this is funny to us, it's just black women have just been wearing and sleeping in, in headscarves and silk wraps and all sorts of, you know, things for their hair since day 1 since the beginning of time yeah right. you know um, so, since but, the
2: beginning of time
1: <laughs> the notion that this woman this white woman invented this for example is just like, a striking cultural appropriation right like so my favorite
2: yeah. thing though was the one black woman they had on all their advertisements so they could be like see right <laughs> yeah look she, time, you <laughs> our,
1: our invention works for you too
2: <laughs> totally i mean you see that everywhere in the influencer space like thinking more about the kind of content that i do that's more of that more generalized lifestyle content like I feel like at least once a week there's like a white vlogger who realized if you put coconut oil on your hair it makes it softer mm-hmm. now they're all about body butters they love shea butter and it's like okay but before you discovered this last week there was the rest of time that there was a whole culture doing this and it's cool to borrow from that culture repetitively and to profit off of it because let's be real like since we were probably in elementary school there were always like that handful of girls who went on summer vacation in the bahamas and came back with cornrows and it was like Mm -hmm. "Mm okay but now it's the fact that there are these women like the kardashians are a great example but even across the board who are profiting so much off of biting black culture
0: yeah and it seems like it's It seems like it's being called out more um, on social media, especially, but it also seems like people aren't learning. White people aren't aren't learning about, yeah, the problem.
2: Right. Like there's it's funny, like a lot of people, if you read like different forums and stuff, a lot of like black influencers will say, oh, there's like a formula on how to become like a huge YouTuber overnight. You have to be a white girl start overlining your lips, go through the whole, like, Kylie Jenner transition, get a black boyfriend, and then you and your interracial relationship become, like, a sensation because that is what everyone is here for. They're here for, like, oh, this white girl is, like, just like me, but also she's kind of spicy, so how do I do what she's doing? I'm getting angry. I'm getting mad. And then, like, the millions of black women who are actually making that content, it's like, mm, yeah, but the way that she did it, and also if you add in, like, access that these girls get because you know it's like oh a white girl with a decent following that's easy for me to pitch to a brand and then get access to products and events and different spaces Mm -hmm. so it's like they're using not only that culture to grow their own image and their own following but then that's how they kind of segue into getting all of these brand deals thus increasing their influence meanwhile the people who have been doing this for their whole lives have to like work twice as hard to get half of what they're getting.
1: I, it, so this just strikes me because I see – we all see over and over since the beginning of time me? black women's ideas and hard work and and inventions and uh, you name it being taken, stolen, and, and sort of reformatted a bit and put out as something that is uh, completely new and innovative when it was just not – and just not giving credit where credit is due. It's just – boggling my mind that is this happens in every aspect of commerce it seems it's yeah. see, like yeah. this is you know uh, you think that I don't know it just seems like it, in 2019 you would think and I hate when people start sentences like that but I'm going to anyway <laughs> in 2019 you would think that a company would do better to note that a black woman a woman invented this and now she's the you know the executive vice president of such and such and we sell her products like you think it would be a better that would be a better idea than just straight just ganking like uh, people's invention uh, people, not inventions but people's yeah people things that yeah inventions lifestyle and, and lifestyles and, yeah. that people have been doing forever black women have been doing forever um it's just i don't really have a question it's just that is just shocking to me that it is just so blatant you know in every Area and this one in particular because it this is something that specifically deals with women's products and and yeah sort of commerce that is designed for them. Yeah. It Just I don't know. This is so, so striking. Yeah, it really is.
2: It's just like it's another element I feel of white privilege where it's not even in their like purview to even think about having to think about that.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you you mentioned um, that you deal with books a lot online. Okay. Have any recommendations, some books or, or or other products that you've encountered that you think our listeners might benefit from?
2: Yeah, so I feel like I'd be remiss not to say that everyone should go out and grab anything by Toni Morrison as soon as you can.
0: Right. I heard that. So true.
2: Like what a loss, but what a legacy. Like. Seriously, so many. I would say I haven't read a ton of Toni Morrison, but every time you do, you just feel so settled in. Mm -hmm. It really feels like you're just reading little bits and pieces of your own journal. Right. Mm -hmm. The way that she writes black women is just so real because it's just her writing her.
0: Yeah, that's such a good that's such a good description. It does feel like it's it's like she's writing my life exactly like how did you know me she would say that she would
1: say that that's exactly what she's doing yeah and it doesn't have to be I don't have to
0: imagine that I'm someone else in this book
1: well and it's not your life as as it relates to some other primary white life it is just your life is the primary lens that this that this story is being told through yeah Yeah. oh my goodness
2: she's so unapologetically black like and that is just like the best
0: yeah so exactly. refreshing.
2: Yeah, exactly. If I would say that if you're looking for some more black authors to get into, but you're not into like that deep literary fiction, there's so much contemporary fiction written by black women who just don't get the same shine as I think they deserve. Like Jasmine Guillory, awesome author, writes like contemporary romance novels. Um, Alexa Martin, another great one, writes contemporary romance as well. Um, Nedia Okorafor writes more like sci-fi and fantasy. Um, Tomi Adeyemi wrote a really great YA fantasy series. The second book releases later this year. So, you know, I would say that if you take nothing else from this little list, it's just like explore the black writers who are just writing and from a lens that maybe it's like the kind of genre that you're used to, but in a way that you've never read before. Mm.
1: I have a question about a term that I hear a lot about online and on, um, especially in the sort of social media spaces. So self care, mm-hmm. um, is this, this practice that has become very popular. I'd love to hear your thoughts about self care as a black woman, um, mm-hmm. particularly a black woman who's living in you know in trump's america oh. um and in, and i know it's not to say that trump you know invented racism because he certainly did not but he's certainly <laughs> making yeah. things more more, more di- yeah, <laughs> making things more difficult and more tiresome for for people like us and i can imagine for for black women um to a to a greater and different extent so i'd love to hear your sort of thoughts on the need for that today and then, and then some of your you know some of your practices that you that you can't live without.
2: So one thing about self-care that drives me insane is just how quickly and how, like, exponentially it's been commercialized. Mm-hmm. Like, self-care now is just, like, something that you want to go and buy or anytime you're spending money. I think we're, people are quick to just label that self-care. Like, you don't have to get a $150 facial or an $80 mm-hmm. massage or, like, spend $100 on organic skin care to call yourself a self-care practitioner. I think that... Self-care in its most basic form is just anything that you do to preserve and care for yourself. And as a black woman in Trump's America, I think that you need to figure out small ways to do that for yourself every day and realize that self-care is not always glamorous. Like sometimes self-care is calling out that microaggression that happened to you at work because you shouldn't have to work in an environment where you're constantly feeling aggression towards you.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Or self-care is when you're bold enough to like walk outside with your braids in because that's just how you chose to walk outside and not worry about how Mm. comfortable or comfortable other people will be by how you're presenting yourself that day. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Under the, under the white gaze.
2: Exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: That's (laughs) G-A-Z-E. Are
0: there, are there any practices that you personally do every day? Are there things that you have to do like in the morning or, you know, to, to, start your day off right
2: yeah well i think right now the biggest self-care thing that i've like actually invested in is just going to therapy and talking openly about therapy because it's so stigmatized in the black community especially where it's crazy because if anyone needs therapy i would say it is the black community because right geez it's been a lot um and it's so important to me to just you know make time for that and to be able to say that like if you have to go to therapy to say to your employer, like I have to leave early this day because I have therapy and not try to mask it as something else. So that's like one of the biggest things for me. But I think the second like largest self-care thing I do every single day is just reading, like taking some time to get out of this world and like jump into somebody else's for a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's really real. I I can definitely relate with the reading. I was just Mm -hmm. talking to my mom actually and saying, I haven't been reading, and I can feel that I'm down because of it. Totally. And so, yeah, deliberately taking that time, whatever the content is. Just, mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, getting getting out of this world, getting in a different headspace. Yeah. And that's,
1: and that's one thing It's in terms of therapy. That's one thing that our dad used to say. I remember when I was a boy, he used to say, um, you know, he feels like every black person in America should be entitled to free therapy because mm-hmm. of – because of wh- how we are having to live mm-hmm. and how and what our history, our P, the PTSD that is sort of salient um, in just about all of our lives, not only that, but even, even go a step further, is white people should also feel lucky whenever they in a, encounter a black person that the person, the black person doesn't flip out on them and doesn't like, you know, lose our shit because that's the one day that we get pushed too far because having to sort of be – Pressed and you know, uh, way down all day every day by living in this society. It's definitely related to the the, uh, the therapy aspect of that. Um, our therapist, my therapist, actually listens to this podcast. So shout out. <laughs> shout out <to> the therapist.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think to add on to that too, it's funny. I just got back from like a brunch with like a couple of my friends, and we try to do it pretty regularly, where we just like meet up and literally just vent about like how hard it is sometimes to be a brown girl (laughs) in this world. And I think that that is so important for black women to like find your community. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be like anything super formal. Like I think a lot of times people are like, Oh, I don't have like that ideal friend group, but you do need that like one set I think of fellow black and brown women who you can just like come together with and be like, white people are a lot <laughs> this is mm-hmm, right. and how do you deal with this? And how did you process this? Or how did you start this conversation? Because there is so much all the time. And the only way I think that we can get through this crazy experience is to kind of lean on each other. So I think that is one of the ultimate self-care things is to find your people and just know that you have like, at the end of the day, you can't escape the world, unfortunately. So you have to find people that just make it more bearable.
0: Yeah. And and yeah, one thing about being around as a as a black or brown person, being around other black and brown people, women, the best thing is not having to explain. Yes. Mm. Like talking to like some of my white friends and saying something and they're like, what? And then you have to explain yourself. It's just so this is it's sort of a little thing, but it's so freeing to be around people who just get what you're saying. Can you think of an example of that? (laughs) yeah
1: I wonder if you could think of a good example of that because I'd be so so because I have a few in my head but I wonder so
0: one that I think I'm interviewing now you now (laughs) a lot of people could relate to I said to my to my one coworker who's who's my friend as well yeah tomorrow is gonna be a wash day for my hair so I don't really have any other plans and she said you know what do you mean like don't
2: like a day eh? <laughs> why, yeah
0: why like why don't why can't you make other plans like what, what that what's going on well yeah what does that do with washing your hair and so we we chatted a bit about it but you know if I were talking to another black woman the fact that it's going to take me a couple hours in the shower to detangle and mm-hmm. uh deep condition my hair that there's no question
2: yeah They get it like or like when you get braids and mm-hmm. you you have to walk into work the next day and it's like, who's gonna say something? Who's uh oh how bad is it gonna be? How I, have to, break I exactly. have to share this
1: with you guys. I was out last night at a bar and there was like people dancing around and having fun, and a black woman that was there with it seemed like friends of hers, um, but she had braids, long braids, like probably, you know, a foot and a half, two feet long braids, and these two men were not only playing with her braids but like picking them up and like holding them as mustaches for themselves and like draping them over their own heads and like she was just sort of she, you could tell she knew them trying to be nice. but, but trying to yeah. be nice and I just said just stop you need to stop and they were taken aback and they're like I'm not yeah. racist and I'm this is my friend and you don't even know us and you know et cetera. Et cetera. but that is just so that's a striking example yeah course
2: like, like, you, you like, think back to like when I was little like you know you're younger and I feel like even yeah throughout most of my like growing up I went to predominantly white schools
0: hmm.
2: so the first time you go to a sleepover Oh, my goodness. It's like, you going sleepovers, white girls, and it's, like, it's time to go to bed, and you have to decide, like, if I don't wrap my hair tonight, right. mom comes to get me, it's over for me. Like, I'm going to be in so yep. much trouble. But I also don't want scarf on in front of these girls who are just putting their hair in messy buns and going. Exactly. To bed. And it's, like, the anxiety that that causes in a kid versus, like, you go to sleepover at your black friend's house, and it's nothing. Like, you're, you probably have to bring your own scarf because their mom had an extra one for you. It's right, like exactly. Things that you take for granted sometimes, I think.
0: Yeah. Wow, you just took me back to those.
2: Right. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh, those years of sleepovers. It's like, why am I, I'm seven, why am I stressed out about this? Like. What?
2: And it would be something just not you right. Like from the time you say, yes, I'll sleep over at your house. That's like on your mind, not stop. Like
0: Raph, What am I going to do? Like yeah. I just,
2: am I really about to wear this bonnet at her house? Exactly. Even not outside of like going into like a white space, like a white person's house and having to explain your hair. Then there's just like the day to day, like girls coming up to you. Like, is it true? Oh you don't wash your hair every day. Is mm-hmm. it true that you can wear braids for like six years and you don't have to wash your hair ever? Doesn't your head itch? Like, Always having to, like, explain and justify and just always being singled out that you are uncomfortable. And I feel the same way even, like, in the spaces that I create content in, it kind of feels the same way. Like, I literally get a comment, like, every single week on a YouTube video, like, oh, my God, I've never seen, like, a black girl making content like this. Because it's, like, black girls don't get organized. Black girls don't do productivity stuff. They're just on YouTube doing their hair and making Mm -hmm. makeup. And it's, like, black girls exist across the spectrum and it's, it's so irritating to see us constantly have to justify why it's like, why we're being regular. Like,
1: And I, and I was just about to say, so like, and I don't mean, I mean this as so complimentary and Amber, you and I have talked about this before your content that you create is, it is regular. It's so nice and comforting. And it is just like this beautiful content that is like, Oh, normal. this is her having a normal, mm-hmm. wonderful life. And <laughs> and it, it you do it you curate it so beautifully right like so it isn't regular in that sense but it's just you living your life and taking care of yourself a lot of the time and the notion that that is like a groundbreaking uh-huh. thing for a black woman to do and to promote for herself online is wow it just goes to show you yeah the the, the standards here are just so wonky yeah. like
2: mm-hmm. yeah it's really crazy but I feel like if me doing videos you know of me doing basic life thing makes some other girl who maybe is like mm. in her predominantly white high school or college or like living in a college dorm with three non-black roommates and not feeling like she can ever just be herself like if that helps her feel even slightly like she can be more of herself then it's worth it.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. That that's 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 a really great Place to be in online, I would say, um, and it's so, the work, the work that the work that you're doing and, and the influence that that has on people is, is is powerful.
1: I was just about to say, your average person out there doesn't know not only that this space doesn't even know that this space exists for one, much less that there's a deficit when it comes to content out there by and for black people and especially black women. So it is really powerful that this you're like addressing this need that is. It's probably so helpful and so life giving to so many people.
0: I hope so. So we ask uh, most people who who visit the pod this. Um, There's a problem. We know this.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What can white people do to help create a larger space for Black people on this platform, as in the influencing space, the self care space, the beauty industry? What can white people do to 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 create more space?
2: Yeah. If anything.
0: Assuming well, they want to, yeah. assuming they want to. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, assuming they want to, right. Um I'm going to give an example of something that happened a few months ago and then kind of lead into an answer. Sure. So Michelle Obama's book came out and it was a huge deal obviously because Michelle Obama, right. And so there was this huge like event that was called Michelle Obama is doing like a sit down with booktubers, which was also a huge deal because I would say as far as like the YouTube communities go, the book community is definitely like one of the smaller ones. Mm. Doesn't get a lot of public recognition. So here's this great opportunity for Black people who make book content to sit and interview with Michelle Obama. And at the end of the day, the people that were selected were two Black women who don't create content about books and then two non-people of color, booktubers. Mm. And it's like of all the chances that all you had to do was find like four black women who wanted to sit down and talk about the impact of Michelle Obama's legacy and her book, who has an audience who is literally waiting for stuff like that. Mm -hmm. The fact that you chose as like as the publisher or the marketing person or whomever to make that call is super telling. But also just as telling is that those two non black influencers said yes to that. Right. But if yeah. You instead said no, but here are four black women that you should reach out to instead, would have been transformational and so powerful. And it mm-hmm. wouldn't have taken anything away from their influence, but would have completely lifted up two more black people. So, in instances like that where you get the call and you really know that that call might not be one that you need to answer, being willing to not only say no, but to say I want it to be passed to this person has to start happening more. There's so many instances I know outside of even that one thing where that happens all the time. And you have to be willing to say like, this is not for me. And it's hard because I think that the whole point of white privilege is that you feel like everything is for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to kind of, to take that step back because It's just, it's as natural as breathing. It's just how everything has always been. But if we really want to see change happen and we want to see people be able to take the spaces that they should have been in from the beginning, it's going to take white people saying, like, I won't sit at this table so someone else can.
1: You know, we say all the time that, you know, dismantling white supremacy in order for white people to know they are doing a good job at dismantling it they have to feel negative things that feel like negative consequences for them so that Mm -hmm. deal of being able to sit and interview michelle obama loses that opportunity because they're passing it on to someone uh, a person of color is will feel like a loss. It'll feel like a, yes. a career a missed opportunity in their career and it will be um, for them individually. But yeah. that's the whole point is that exactly. to, to to refuse those privileges quote unquote privileges um, and benefits it, it, this is white supremacy. This is what we're talking about. The fact right. that these do these people are the default the default choice was white people for this. You know, um, and black, the black people that were chosen didn't even. Put out content on the on the subject matter, you know, or, yeah. or that or that type of media, and so yeah, no, that it just that really resonates the fact that the the things you're giving the things white people are giving up here to help create this space yeah. won't feel good. They won't. It won't feel great.
2: Yeah. You know, it won't. <laughs> yeah, but it has that's, to be
0: deliberate on white. A change part, to, you're
2: saying? Yeah, exactly. You have yeah. to be willing to sacrifice if you really want to see change happen, and. If you don't, then you need to be willing to accept the fact that you are participating in white supremacy. And when someone calls you out, say yes, because that's what you're doing every time you say yes to these things that you shouldn't be saying yes to. Wow.
0: Yeah, that's real. Yeah. Well, we want to say thank you so Thanks. much for yeah. joining us today. This has been so great. It was <laughs> really fun. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, where can people find you online?
2: So, you can find me at my blog, which is byamberburns.com. And I am at byamberburns on basically every social media Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> YouTube, all of that. You'll find me at byamberburns.
1: And this is just like BY Amberburns. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Perfect.
1: Thanks so much, Amber.
2: Thank you guys so much for having me on.
0: Now it's time for our action item. So for this episode, I want to encourage people to read books by Black authors. Mm, There are so many out there, and it's a great way, one, for people who, like me, are introverts and where going out into the world and into communities and engaging with people is a little intimidating. Books are a great way to learn and to um, still engage, but in a way that's a little more private and, and to yourself. Um, so do you have any books on your mind specifically, John, Would that you would request yeah, to people? I mean, so for me, I love the classics, right? Like,
1: So if you haven't read like Their Eyes Were Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston, if you haven't read um, The Negro Artist and Racial Mountain, by and Hughes, if you haven't read Ooh, yeah. The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison, who just passed R. away <laughs> and, like, is arguably the best American writer to have ever lived, I would say. Same with Beloved by Toni Morrison. These
0: are facts. If you yeah. haven't read that. Um, th- and also, like, sorry to interrupt you, but, like. I can keep going, yeah. Becoming by Michelle Obama. Yes, yes. So that's so recent, but, like. Such an amazing story to to hear. So
1: another one I'd be remiss if I didn't mention is the autobiography of Malcolm X. Um, You know, as told by Alex Haley, I think is the version I have. Um, And. Yeah, I mean, I could keep going there. There are great. um, There are great summer reading and 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 school year reading lists by black activists and authors who list books that that, you know, anti-racists should read, who list uh, books that, yeah, people who want to learn more about blackness and black people without tokenizing us um, should read. What are some on your list, April?
0: Um, Between the World and Me, uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates is a great one. Mm. Um, also, Any, even ta Coates'
1: long um, Atlantic piece, The oh, Case yeah. for Liberations, is yeah. Every every person should read
0: that. Yeah, The New Jim Crow, Michelle oh Michelle Alexander. So
1: she is like a an intellectual. You've a low-key crush, crush on her. Of, yeah, crush okay. yeah, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, Sing Unburied Sing. Uh Jesmyn Ward, great one.
1: I hate to like keep bringing up the Obamas, but like Dreams of My Father and The Audacity of Hope by Barack Obama are both very good.
0: <laughs> and Colson Whitehead the underground railroad and also his new book nickel the nickel boys those are really great really great reads so yeah all that's to say reading things uh, reading books and essays by black people is a great way to to engage in in blackness in general to broaden your perspective to to build a um, to build a foundation of you know knowing about Black people in general and history and um, experiences and I think it would really help to people who are um, who are intimidated by engaging. It's a good way to learn about Black people, Black culture, Black experiences, Black history, um, and just yeah to build your own personal knowledge of blackness as a whole. And, and one of the things I think about also is you ask
1: ask yourself, you know, if you're a if you're a reader and you haven't read these books yet, why have you not read them? What about these books has is different that would make you have not read these classics that we've all listed? Right, so like why am I as a black person reading like, you know,
0: Henry M- Fucking thoreau. Right, exactly. I've read Walden eight times. Right, exactly. like and Emerson and all
1: these like these the, you know, these these the, the 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 canon that you read in yeah. college and high school. Um
0: even Shakespeare. Right. Like I get it. I get it. And I'm over it. Right. Someone else now. Like <laughs> Right.
1: Exactly. So one, if you're a reader and you haven't read these these books, ask yourself why. Um and while you're reading them, ask yourself what about these books? Uh sort of didn't put them on your radar. There are other people of other races that have to read about white people and white people's experiences all the time. Um, And we can't relate to them often. Um, Is that what was keeping you from reading these books by black authors? And if so, do you think that helps or hurts your allyship? Right.
0: Like, if I can get through Portrait of a Lady, you can read Beloved. Sorry.
1: Right. 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 Um, And if you aren't a reader... Like I'm not a huge reader. Can you read? I, can I try.
0: <laughs> I get the audiobooks though. And it's that's reading just not out, out loud, man, is and that's is your like, problem. Oh yeah, reading out loud. Man, yeah, I'm that's nervous. a struggle for you. I'm so
1: nervous that I'm gonna mess
2: up. It's okay. It was okay. a reading
0: in front of the class
1: thing when I was young. That's why. Oh that's
0: why. yeah, you're. It's trauma. That's anyway, okay.
1: Side note, um, if you're not a reader like I am, again, this is homework. This is part of your effort to be a better ally that won't always be comfortable and won't always be enjoyable if you don't like reading and you don't read very much you have to make yourself read these books because you don't read very much but you'll have to make yourself do a lot of things when you're dismantling white supremacy and this is one of them fucking Walt Whitman like if I can get through Faulkner if I have to read about goddamn Holden Caulfield
0: in high school like and examining that character for days oh on end god. oh my god what an annoyance! yeah Y'all I can't can even be beloved. yeah oh my god and like shout out you know F. Scott Fitzgerald shout out Emily Dickinson like okay sure. I see you but like there are others too Baldwin we didn't even mention James Baldwin we didn't and Langston right oh my gosh yeah there's a lot okay yeah so yeah get your DJ you know Salinger but also get your James Baldwin whatever (laughs) I don't care (laughs) yeah doesn't matter more importantly James Baldwin This episode of black Hand was written and produced by us april and jonathan perkins and was edited by me our theme music is by fifth child you can find more of his work at fifthchildmusic.com that's the number five fifthchildmusic.com
1: black Hand is available on apple podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts if you like what you heard here please be sure to rate review and subscribe to the show also tell your friends about us it really helps us out